0: The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or estate planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk and it is in everyone's best interest to consult tax, legal, or an investment professional. John Cindia is an investment advisor representative of and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor life stages advisory dean remington and danielle are not affiliated with usa financial securities danielle fry is an estate planning attorney with krugliak wilkins griffiths and doherty in canton ohio john cindia is not a lawyer welcome to the 29th episode of wtf wealth taxes and finances i'm your host john cindia certified public accountant and personal financial specialist i have with me again uh, in the studio here uh, danielle fry with krugliak wilkins law firm in canton and also in Ohio and Florida, right?
1: Well, yeah. So I'm I'm licensed in Ohio and Florida. Um, we don't actually have a location in Florida, but um, we have several attorneys that are, are licensed in both states as okay. well as Great. other states surrounding.
0: What we're going to do today, we're going to talk about trusts. So it's going to be everything you wanted to know or were afraid to ask about trusts and uh, how they work, what types you would need in certain circumstances, uh, what do they do? Why do we get them? And I'll go back and forth here with Danielle on a, on a listing, and then we'll talk about each one for a few minutes and, and get into that because uh, there's actually like 30 or 40, probably if you got into a different types of trust, and we're gonna concentrate on maybe about 12 to 14 different ones. And they're you know pretty important uh, from that standpoint and uh what i normally do at the end is ask you to like us watch us spread the word about this but i'm going to do that now at the beginning of this because i keep forgetting (laughs) so uh i hope you guys uh learn a lot from our podcast and our uh video that we've started here about five six episodes ago and uh just you know like us love us do whatever you can and uh subscribe subscribe yes follow See, that's Dean, okay. <laughs> Rem's in here too today. So uh those are my voices of conscious or consciousness? Maybe that's what something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's Saturday, okay? It's rough morning here. Anyway, uh Danielle, let's start with a testamentary trust. What uh tell me a little bit about that and how that uh how that actually comes about.
1: Right. So um, before we get into that, I just want to point out generally what a trust is. Um, a trust is a, a fancy word for an estate planning contract. OK. Um, so in its simplest terms, um, there there's essentially four major things that, that you know, a trust typically involves. The, the first is the creator of the trust. So whether um, it's a settlor, or a grantor, um, there's various terms that are used right now um, under Ohio law that the term is settlor. Um, if, if you are working with a testamentary trust, which I'll explain in a second, that that's a, a trust under a will, that would be a testator creating that okay. trust because that's who creates a will. Um, so you have the person creating the trust, the trustee, so the fiduciary in, in that relationship, the one that's overseeing the administration of the trust and handling of the trust assets. Then you have trust property. So there has to be some type of property to be held in the trust. Okay. And last but not least, you have the beneficiaries. So the the person or persons or charity, you know, whatever um, entity or person the trust is being administered for the benefit of. Okay. So that's why the, the term beneficiary is they're the ones benefiting from the trust. Gotcha. So a testamentary trust is a trust that's created under a will. And so that actually wouldn't be created until the person that Made the will passed away. Okay. Um, So in Ohio, if you have a testamentary trust, the probate court would have ongoing supervision over the trust administration. Okay. And what I mean by that is that um, the trustee would have to do reportings to the court about. How the trust assets are being administered. They have to file accountings. um, At times, request permission to make distributions out to the beneficiaries or to pay, you know, their fees, the trustees' fees, um, any other type of expenses. And so, it's a little bit more restrained than an outside of probate court trust. So something other than a testamentary trust. In other states, however, um, the court will have supervision while the trust is being created. But once the trust is established, that supervision kind of goes away. So some other states do allow for um, administration of a testamentary trust without being under the court supervision. But in Ohio, that's how it is.
0: So when it's created through that uh, will, Mm -hmm. it still is having to go through probate then, Right. right? Okay. Yeah. So if you don't do the planning properly to avoid the probate, it's going to do it for you by terms of that will. Correct. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay. Uh, How about a special needs trust?
1: Yeah, so there's several types of special needs trust. in in ohio and, and you know just like the other types of laws there's they're pretty consistent throughout the states but each um, state has their nuances um, but you know the typical special needs trust that that i would assist um, a client in preparing um, is what we refer to um, as a wholly discretionary trust okay. so in ohio that's a type of trust that you can create for a beneficiary who uh, might be disabled or might be entitled to receive some type of public benefit, um, maybe Medicaid or um, SSI, Supplemental Security Income. Um, and you want that beneficiary to still be able to receive an inheritance or gifts maybe from grandparents or parents if they were to pass away, or it could even be during life. But but a lot of those public benefits, there's some type of resource Limit um, that the that the person that's receiving the benefits can receive or own, okay. and, and so that type of trust would allow gifts to be made to the trust without affecting their eligibility for those public benefits. Gotcha. And the reason it's called wholly discretionary in Ohio um, is because the trustee has complete discretion. Whether they want to make distributions or not, and so that's why it permits. Well, that's why you know Medicaid, for example, would allow that type of trust, even though um, you know that the the person, the beneficiary, is receiving those public benefits.
0: Okay, all right. Um, there's a revocable trust, and then there's an irrevocable trust. Yes. And then uh, at some point in time, I, I, upon the death of the in- individual that has the revocable trust, it becomes irrevocable. Correct. So, could you explain? I guess how we would make that transition and when would i want just an irrevocable trust
1: yeah so a revocable trust is also known as you know it can be known as a living trust um and it's exactly what you said essentially it can be changed just as a will can up until the day the person dies um and so typically you know for tax reporting purposes or you know just simple administration purposes A revocable trust is just an extension of oneself. Um, So like if I had my revocable trust, I would still use my social security number for any account that was owned by the trust. Um, And and so it's essentially just an extension of me. When I pass away, that trust becomes irrevocable, which means that nobody can change it. Um, Whatever is in the trust is is what the trust provides. And at that point, Typically, there's assets owned by the trust, and so we need to have some type of tax ID Linked to that trust because my social security number can no longer be used because I'm dead. Okay. Um. So at that point, you have to have a new tax identification number, and so that actually gets reported to the IRS. Uh, and so it's a it's a process. So typically, when somebody passes away, you know, the trustee steps in. Whoever the successor trustee is, you know, they get um, the authority to to act and start collecting assets or changing, um, you know, the asset titling depending on on um, how the assets are titled when I pass away. But at that point, you know, it's their job to just administer the trust according to its terms.
0: Okay. Okay. What about um, a charitable trust? Can't I just sort of dictate what would go out through a trust, or how would the charitable trust differ from that?
1: Yeah, and so uh, uh, you asked me an additional question on that last set of questions that I didn't really get to. So so an irrevocable trust, uh, take, taking out of the picture, you know, a revocable trust becoming irrevocable. If I were to just create an irrevocable trust today, that those types of trust, there's, you know, different purposes, but they're typically used for some more advanced planning. Um, okay. And what I mean by that, it, you know, it might be we're doing some long-term five-year planning for uh, eventually going into some type of long-term care facility and we want to protect assets. Okay. Um, it could be I, I'm subject or will likely be subject to estate tax when I pass away, so I want to, to try and gift some assets to an irrevocable trust now um, to help limit my estate tax liability. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different reasons to use irrevocable trust, but that's why you know they're structured differently than just a revocable living trust. Gotcha. Um, so a charitable trust In in general terms, is just a trust that's for the benefit of a charitable beneficiary. Okay, Um, and so they can be structured again in many different ways, but a lot of times you can receive either an income tax or an estate tax or both benefit from um, creating that type of trust. And so you know with with. Clients who have an interest in charitable giving, and maybe they also have some estate tax, potential estate tax liability, that's a good vehicle for them. You know, you don't have to have that estate tax liability, but that's a lot of times when those types of trusts come into play.
0: Okay. So it sounds like you can have several different trusts at one time, or one individual can. Is If, if that's the case, is there one instrument or one trust you could create that would upon the death of that individual create all these other ones
1: yeah so um you know if, if i wanted to have a revocable living trust as well as during my lifetime an irrevocable trust for any of those purposes we okay. just discussed we would have to do that unfortunately under two different trust instruments okay. but let's say when i pass away i want there to be a trust for my child to be administered for my child's lifetime at you know, certain age, 25, they become their own trustee, but I want it to be protected for them um, from creditors or if there's a divorce, I I want those assets to be protected. But I also want a charity to receive a certain percentage of my estate. Okay. So my revocable trust can essentially provide for the creation of what are called sub trusts. Um, okay. and so those actually get formed after I pass away. They will each have their own tax identification number so they're each their own separate entity. Um and that doesn't require me to, you know, create six different trusts during my lifetime for what will happen when I pass away. Gotcha. So there is a mechanism there. It just kind of depends on, you know, the overall goal and
0: do the uh, how long do the trusts last? And until there's no more assets left to spend for the benefit of what they were set up for, or how does that? How do I collapse one?
1: Um, well, so yes, it, technically a trust can go on for forever. Okay. Um, typically, there you know there happens to either you run out of trust assets, so okay. the assets get spent down, um, or there's no more beneficiaries. So if I create a trust oh, okay. for my descendants, and you know my my child maybe has one one grandchild of mine, and then there's nothing after that, you know, at at some point, the trust will terminate. Um, But in Ohio, and I think this is consistent with most states, there's a a statute that basically says if the trust assets get below a certain amount to where it's uneconomical to administer the trust in that manner, then it can just be distributed out and terminated. Gotcha. There's ways to go about terminating a trust not using that um, mechanism, but that's typically...
0: What, um, I've had some individuals, um, talk about dynasty trusts. Mm -hmm. Now explain to me what that actually is.
1: Yeah. So that type of trust, um, would... We technically probably sh- uh, structure it as an irrevocable trust okay. and so I let's say I want to, to create a dynasty trust I would create an irrevocable trust that's for the benefit of my descendants um, and so I would gift a certain amount of assets into that trust and I would obviously at that point file a gift tax return uh, so it shows that I'm making the gift mm-hmm. but you know, the the purpose of the Dynasty Trust is to get the most beneficial treatment as it relates to the generation skipping transfer tax. Okay. Um, So obviously I have to report that initial gift, but the growth essentially grows within the trust and I don't have to keep using my generation skipping transfer exemption as that trust grows. And so it it passes more funds, more assets on to later generations.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And since you brought it up, Let's get a little bit more yeah. into that generation skipping <laughs> situation. So there. fun! Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, actually, in law school, it was so funny. Um, when I was um, taking my my wills and trust course, my professor told the class, "Well, you know, I'll teach this to, to the class, but it, it, there's it's less than one half of one percent of individuals that end up having to deal with these tax issues." Um, and so, you know, it's it, we'll we'll talk about. Um, the logistics behind it, but you don't need to really focus on it. And I think we had like a really condensed section on on that on our final exam. I'm
0: glad to hear that because now that you're saying that, I was worried that I may have missed it at some point, <laughs> but I've never really encountered it. Yeah, you know? well,
1: and, and so um, I guess I'm lucky that I have out okay. in practice. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's then that at that time when I was in that. That course, it was when the exemption was um, a little over five million per person, and okay. so since then it's doubled. So I assume that percentage of, <laughs> of people that are actually taxable has has gone has fallen. Um, but yeah, so right now the generation skipping transfer tax exemption is the same as it is for the estate tax exemption. Okay. So approximately or a little over um, eleven million dollars per person. Okay. Um, and so if you're a married couple um the married couple you know the wife would have 11 million husband
0: as okay. well so that we really shouldn't be have to worry about that quite a bit anyway
1: you're lucky if you have to yeah i was going <laughs> to say
0: if you have to don't complain about paying the tax yes <laughs>
1: um but you know if you hit the lottery someday maybe yeah. um and it t- typically um you know historically speaking the generation skipping transfer tax has been consistent with what the estate tax exemption is Mm -hmm. so if that if the estate tax exemption does fall back to the um you know the exemption it was before a little over five million per person at the end of 2025 it's likely that you know whatever happens with the estate tax exemption the dst exemption will follow
0: gotcha gotcha um let's see i've heard um sometimes that people have like a uh uh, they call it a Qualified Personal Residence Trust, mm-hmm. and they're putting a house or some property into it. When is that beneficial and um, and maybe not going into some other type of vehicle?
1: Yeah, um, so that's typically when we're dealing with estate tax um, okay. liability. And so um, it, it basically will allow... Um, Gifting of the residence into this type of trust, and once you make it past a certain number of years, as provided for in the trust, okay. um, then you know you don't have to worry about that being includable in your estate, okay. um, and and so it can still be used for the benefit of the family, um, okay. but it, it's just no longer in your your taxable estate assets.
0: Is that uh, typically when somebody will have a life estate in a residence or anything? Or is um, that different? That's different. Okay. Yeah.
1: So um, back you know, I guess in the early 90s, um, it's it's not as common today. I'm sure some attorneys still um, will structure plans this way. But, you know, when long-term care planning was not what it is currently, Damn. when there weren't as many um, vehicles and, and we didn't have the law, I guess, as structured as it is now, um, a lot of people would gift their Residents or the remainder in their residence to the children so that they only for purposes of qualifying for for Medicaid or public assistance They only had the value of the life estate and in, in their resource amount gotcha. um, and, and so there there's some benefit there But now a lot of times people will actually just create an irrevocable trust Which is a little bit different than the, the qualified residence trust But for for this purpose they create an irrevocable trust and actually transfer their house to that trust Okay. Um, and and then that protects it for purposes of Medicaid qualification.
0: Okay. All right. Um, a couple more here. Um, an asset protection trust, that's probably on the lines of that qualified personal residence trust. Yeah. So
1: I, I would, you know, I would couch that, I guess, um, into two pockets. Um, so I get, the, the, generally speaking, an asset protection trust is just an, a trust that that attempts to protect assets. Um, In Ohio, um, we have what's called a domestic asset protection trust. It's actually called a legacy trust in Ohio. That's the statute. Um, I think that became effective in 2013. Ohio was permitted to start doing those. Um, They've actually been dynasty, or the the legacy trusts, um, domestic asset protection trusts have been um, around for a while. It's just various states started getting ahead of others. um, and, And so I think... Maybe Delaware was the the first one uh, to allow for that in in um, the states, but essentially it would allow you to gift assets. You can still have some interest in the assets, okay. but it protects it from outside creditors. So if you were to get sued, um, okay. you know anything in that trust would would protect it, um, and your creditors wouldn't be able to to attack that. So it's it's essentially similar to the creating like an LLC or okay. you know some type of entity, but then there's also Asset protection trusts for purposes of long term care planning. And so okay. in, in my practice, those are the two, you know, asset protection trusts that I deal with the most.
0: OK. All right. And then um, I guess when they're doing that, does that necessarily have to be an irrevocable? situation with those assets in there? Or they what?
1: do, because you essentially have to gift the assets away. Okay. You have to, unfortunately, give up control to those okay. assets, um, because if you have control, then there it makes it easier for your creditors or um, it makes gotcha. it easier for Medicaid to treat it as, as an asset of yours.
0: OK. Finally, the last one I want to talk about, and we've had a situation uh, come up a couple of times that we've done that, is uh, a defective trust. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I think it's very interesting. Give me how it functions and why I'd want to have a defective trust.
1: Right. So um, the I think the full term is intentionally defective grantor trust. Um, And so this type of trust, again, it's typically when we're we're dealing with potential estate tax, maybe some capital gains issues. Um, So it's, it's a tax planning vehicle. Um, but, but essentially, you could gift assets, um, and for purposes of estate tax, it's treated as a completed gift. Okay. But for purposes of income tax, it's still treated as being taxed to the grantor or to the creator, the settlor of the trust. Okay. And so the, it allows the settlor or the grantor to continue to pay any income tax liability owed on those assets Thereby getting assets out of their name because they're using that the the assets to pay for that income tax liability, okay. but the the gift is having been treated as as completed okay. for purposes of estate tax. And so it allows you to let's say you have a business interest, you can freeze the value of the assets at, at what it's gifted in okay. for purposes of your estate tax liability. But then you can continue to pay into the trust by by baking payments on the income tax that might be generated from the growth of those
0: assets. Gotcha. So I can still utilize that, because the nice thing about it is that, uh, for those who aren't aware, the uh, trust taxes uh, are graduated, but I think at around ten or $12,000, they're at their maximum 45 Correct. to 50 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have a lot lower personal tax rates, and then, uh, as Danielle said, upon death or anything, they're already assumed out of the estate and Correct. everything. So. So it's a pretty good, uh, planning technique that we've seen. Um, well, that's, uh, are you guys, uh, still awake back there? <laughs> glazed over, glazed John. over, but ah, no, that's great information. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, uh, uh, from the last, uh, two episodes we had Danielle on, I think that's gotten, um, a lot deeper into it, a lot better explanation. And, um, I hope everybody else listening here derive something from that. And if you did, uh, like us, love us, like I said. And uh, we'll have Danielle on. We've got another episode coming up uh, today, but you'll get it the following week. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, more uh, specifically about nursing home situations and everything and, uh, and what we have to look at for uh, Medicaid planning, a VA, and uh, just about anything else that that could hit a situation so uh, until next time thanks everybody and uh, remember to like us thanks bye